Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up in my stand. Hunting off the farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for. Welcome to American Roots Outdoor. This week's show, we've got a great show lined up for y'all. We are in the studio with Redbone Mike Crace, our director, editor, producer, co-host, along with Wayne Locke, our brand manager for American Roots. And uh, we're going to talk about some cool stuff here, and we're going to talk about some old memories in the field with Wayne Locke and I. Locke. Lack, lock, lack, lock. I figure, yeah, five more years he'll get the name straight. (laughs) Well, wonder why I say lack. (laughs) I'll answer to anything with you. (laughs) Redbone, why do I say lack? I don't know. Maybe it's a mental thing. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to recap some old hunts that some of you have watched on the old show Bloodline and some of the old hunter specialty stuff and some of the American Roots new stuff that we've done. And uh, we're just going to recap some of that stuff. And uh, we, w- we want to mention some of our sponsors. Red Beards is going to become a sponsor now. Oh, I've, no, I've never Seafood. been to Red you got to go down there. I've never been to Red Beards. I've heard stuff about it for years. And I'm friends with them on Facebook. I've just never had the opportunity to go over there and eat. Well, Carly and Daniel have mm-hmm. a great place. And the food down it's the best catfish I've eaten in my life. Anyway. Oh, wow. Guys. And I've I've heard the uh, the king crab legs are also something to uh, check out while you're there. Yeah, and they do parties too, everybody. Uh, and the food, you know, Linda loves the crab legs and the shrimp. Uh, they've got everything from steaks to seafood. So yeah, I've always wondered. You know, they talk about king crab legs all the time. Do they, do they not have queen crab legs? <laughs> <laughs> are, there, are there only king crabs? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, but I do know well, this. It, it's probably the males are probably the ones that are stupid enough to go into the traps. You know? <laughs> well, actually, I think it's just because that's the name of the crab is a king crab. That could be. Not, not that it's male, female. <laughs> yeah, and it's 24 it hours fresh. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do they catch those on the, on the current river? <laughs> that's a big I don't old, think that would go over too well with the <laughs> National Park Service. That's, that's, a big old, that's some big old crawdad legs. Yeah. But anyway, everybody, we've got a great show lined up for y'all. And what we're going to talk about in this first segment here is current events. Uh, there is a sports show going on in Carothersville, Missouri, starting today, this evening. And it goes through Saturday evening. Okay. And it's all about fishing. Uh, Wally Marshall, one of the crappie fishermen, well-known Mr. Croppy is going oh, to be yeah. there as a guest speaker, and a lot of other speakers. What a good guy he is, too. Wally's yes. funny. We need to get him on the show to talk about crappie fishing. We do. He'd be a great guest for our podcast and radio show. You know what you need to do is you need to get with Wally and, and, and take over to the lake and, and go over to the lake and, uh, and, and film a show with him catching some crappie. Yeah, that would be great. That would be I'd cool. I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, here we got the impeachment process going on. Impeachment process going on. We're going to talk about that real quick. Oh, boy. Oh, I know. Oh, boy. Well, I can't help it. I know. I can't well, it's, help it's, it. It's just, it's, you know, I, I watched part of the first day, and I was like, 
really? You know, they, they want to bring in, I mean, the House did their big investigation. And since they didn't find anything, now they want to bring in more witnesses. And I just, I don't know. Well, if their case was so solid, like they said, why do they need more? That's what I keep saying. They had their chance to do their job. They chose not to do it. And now they want the Senate to do it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm going to add to that. When you come to court, you better have your guns loaded. Got to be prepared. And I've sat and listened as much as I can. I'm sick of it. They have no substantial evidence. Everything is assumption. Everything that they're bringing to the table is assumption. No concrete evidence. I'm telling you right now, the whole purpose of what they're doing Trump is the target, but you know what the real purpose is, in my opinion, of this whole process? The Democrat Party nationally has changed, and they're not the Democrat Party that that they used to be when I was a kid growing up, as my parents were, and they know they're in trouble. There's going to be a lot of Democrats lose their positions in upcoming elections. Yeah, and, and that's what they don't want to happen. I mean, I don't think it's any secret. That's that's why they're doing this, because they think that if they impeach President Trump, they get him out of office, that they will win in 2020. You're, you're, you're right. Yeah. And, and they know they're in trouble, but their only way to, to keep the Democrat Party, the liberal now, liberal left Democrat Party, strong is to beat Trump. Yeah. Do you know who's benefiting from the uh, the hearings right now? People with insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Because I tell you, if you want to get to sleep tonight, just watch more of that uh, that Senate hearing. It is it is a snooze fest. Yeah, it re- it really is. I it's, I I, don't I I hate it for our country. Yes. You know, well, I I hate it for the good Democrats. That's still good Democrats, and the National Democrats are making the, the good Democrats look bad. Yeah. Hey, I was raised a Democrat. I am a Democrat, but I'm a conservative. I will not support anything that's liberal left, whether you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care who you are. Yeah, and that's the whole issue. The, the, the liberal left has taken over the Democratic Party. And, and the, the, the moderates and the, the conservative Democrats really have no voice anymore. No. We, we, yeah. And you can't help. If you're a Christian and you're a Democrat, you've got to vote. For most of the Republicans that are conservatives, right. And with and uh, another thing to think of, if you look at all the shenanigans that are going on right now in the Senate, you know that the House brought in and that there's other things going on right now in the country. Yeah, he's got two trade deals that were just signed. Phenomenal, phenomenal trade deal. And if uh, you didn't notice, for those uh, uh, tree huggers out there, didn't know the other day, uh, he just signed a bill that is going to replant uh, one trillion trees in the United States. Yeah. So for anybody that's an environmentalist, that's great news, but it's not getting any coverage. Yeah, well, because they don't want people to know that. Right. They don't want people to know that. Here's the last thing I want to say. Uh, we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can be uh, the left. Hey, that's your right. I don't hate you. I just don't agree with you, and I don't support you. So you're not seeing me be violent. I'm not wanting to do something dramatic to you or harm you or hurt you. It's your right to think the way you want. God gives you a choice to be left or right. But I'm just standing my ground that I'm going to stay firm with being conservative because I'm a Christian. That's my duty as a Christian to stand firm and fight for the rights of Christianity. 
Yeah, Alex, did you see the video footage? And, and maybe not because there wasn't a whole lot of it professionally done because the media kind of ignored it. But the gun rally in Virginia the other day, 20,000 people packed into a very small area, all of them carrying guns. No one was shot, no arrest. And when they left, they took their trash with them. And, and, and I say that because you watch any other rally, any other rally, and there's violence, there's people who are yelling and screaming at each other, there are fights. And then when they leave, they're the trash heap for the city to pick up. And that didn't happen in Virginia. And, and I think that bodes well for the Second Amendment supporters that they're not just gun-toting thugs who want to go come around on, shooting come everything. Come on, right. come on, come well on. They're normal, said. everyday citizens, and most of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but most of them are good people. Well, I noticed, too, in some of the live feeds that you had blacks, you had whites, you had Women, Asian. And, Latinos, and you, Latinos, everybody sticking together and say, hey, we're all brothers. We're all gun owners. We're all brothers. We're sticking together. Everybody, we're going to go to a break, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors right here, right now. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Across the creek of a big old hill, year after year, got my America Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. Uh, I'm the Red Bull Mike Crace. Wayne Locke is here. And uh, we're in the studio just talking about stuff on the American Roots Outdoors Radio Show today. And Alex, I know you want to talk a, a little bit about uh, some of your old hunts and, and some of those old stories. And I think that's pretty cool because uh, it brings back a whole lot of memories. And I've never been on any of these hunts with you, but I've seen them all on video and through, uh, you know, the, the TV shows we've had over the last six years and, and different things. So that'll bring back a lot of good memories. And I hope for everybody out there listening that they remember those shows and watching those shows or maybe have something in that story that reminds them of a hunt they had. And we'd like to hear about those, too. Yeah, uh, I, I think the way to start this thing off, guys, is I think some people don't really know how I started in the outdoor industry. I started mm-hmm. in outdoor industry uh, at a very young age, my first turkey calling contest was in Birchtree, Missouri at the old livestock feedlot behind the Hickory House gas station, the old Lucky's gas station. And uh, I won a contest there. We had a local contest. And I went to Thayer, started winning contests in Thayer, the South Central Missouri Ozarks Open. I won it several times. And Ray I, uh, well-known outdoorsman, turkey hunter, uh, radio show host, caught the attention of me through his brother Marty I uh, through a mutual friend in Birch Tree that kept telling me about Marty I and said, hey, you got to meet this guy. Uh, this Marty I's won $5,000 in a Florida contest. And I said, man, I want to try to win some of that money. <laughs> so I got started in turkey calling and Ray and Marty I picked me up and I started representing Ozark Mountain Calls. And I went to Ware, Missouri and started making calls for him in 1985. The diaphragm calls. And at that time, Ray was under a contract with Hunter Specialties, H.S. Strutt, making all their diaphragms. So I'd go up there and work for him and come home on the weekends making diaphragm calls. And he had a machine. So he's the only man in the industry had a machine so he could make everybody's diaphragms. So it started there. Then uh, Hunter Specialties, I met Dave Forbes at the Missouri State Turkey Calling Championships in Herman, Missouri. And I won the Missouri State Championships then. In 1986, then then that night we went to eat at a local 
restaurant downtown there and he goes hey we would like for you to be part of the hs strut team so that's where it all started then i went to work for hs strut doing promotions for many years i would travel uh to harrison arkansas popper bluff walmart west plains walmart mountain view walmart mountain wherever and do set up a table and i'd go in and demonstrate the hs strut turkey calls and i'd work out of my pocket I spent the money out of my pocket, then they would pay me for my gas. I never made no money for 10 hmm. years, and I paid my dues. Then all of a sudden, I just, my mom, good, God bless her heart, she was alive then, and I said, Mom, I've got to do something different. I'm, I'm not making it in the turkey world. She goes, Son, you, you don't give up. She goes, you, uh, you have a talent, and you need to hang with this. Well, at that time, I got to talking to Matt Moret, and he was in charge of the pro staff at Hunter Specialties. And he goes, Alex, we'd like to hire you to travel and represent Hunter Specialties HS Strut, traveling the country with our race car. At that time, they were sponsoring NASCAR, huh. number 45. You remember that? Red oh, Bell. yeah. yeah. <laughs> number 45, uh, Michael Laughlin, Greg Sachs, Brad Loney was all the drivers for that car. Laughlin Racing owned the cars. We just sponsored and they put our names on it. And anyway, I pulled the car around to all the sports shows, and I started out, guys. You ready for this? Making $18,000 a year traveling all over the country, pulling that race car plus expenses. Man, I thought I was in heaven. Well, at that 18. time, that wasn't bad. That was good money then, yeah. Well, other team members was making sixty and $70,000. <laughs> in one month, David and Carmen Forbes give me a $5,000 raise. Oh, wow. wow. Another month, they give me another $5,000 raise. They seen how hard I worked. Before I knew it, I was up to $35,000, $40,000 within a year. So that's where it all started. Then I, they started letting me hunt on video. And at the time, I think Tom Stuckey, Ray I, and uh, Matt Moret, uh, was all the host of the videos, the, mm-hmm. the Stratton series videos. Then they come up with the primetime video series. And then they let me start hunting, and they seen I could kill stuff. <laughs> and I was getting stuff killed on film. Tom Miranda, the pioneer of, of filming and production, you got to agree with that, Wayne. Oh, I love watching his stuff back yeah. in the day. Well, I started filming with Tom Miranda, and Tom Miranda taught me how to conduct myself on film. He would coach me. This is what you need to say and how you say it, Alex. So he says, you're a natural. He said, you catch on really quick. And he taught me how to shoot film and how to capture footage and direct at the same time. And one of the things Tom did that was separate or set him aside from everybody else that was starting to come out at the time was when you watched Tom's videos, you learned something. You did not watch one of his shows and not come out not knowing more. It was fantastic. If anybody that was new, he's talked to new people the same way he talked to people that already knew a lot. You know, there was no, you know, talking above them or anything. You watched the show. You came out being smarter than you were before you went in. Yeah. You know, uh, Ben Lee was one of the first ones to ever start capturing video footage of turkey hunts and deer hunts, Redbone. But Tom Randa took it to a completely different level. He is the real pioneer the visionary. Uh, yeah, the visionary. And and he actually is the one that, that give Hunter Specialties the ideas for the video series, Secrets of the Hunt, uh, uh, Secrets of Success, Turkey Calling. And that's that's how Hunter Specialties, man, it, they they pretty much owned the industry. They was the number one manufacturer of Redbone in the industry. 
Oh, yeah. Even into the 2000s, the early 2000s. I mean, it was hunter specialties or, or basically nothing. Plum into 2010. Yeah. They controlled it. They, they was the big player in the industry. I remember and, going to the NWTF, and everybody else had a booth, and, and hunter specialties had almost a whole row. We did. I mean, did. it was huge, and there would be eight, ten uh, hunter specialty pro staff members there signing autographs and talking to people at all times. I mean, it was, and buy, it was amazing. People was there to buy product. Oh, absolutely. We sold. It would be it's mind-blowing if you knew how much product that hunter specialty would sell at those booths. It was mind-blowing. But they, they knew it took money to make money, mm-hmm. and they knew uh, Dave and Carmen Forbes owe them so much for believing in me and they're like a mom and dad to me to this day. I, th- I think a lot of them. Uh, we got people texting in here. It's Jason Miller. Tell it, buddy. Lots of great memories with you in the field while creating awesome shows for ESPN's Whitetail. Yes, sir, Jason Miller. There's another mm-hmm. uh, premier editor and graphics designer, Jason Miller. Uh, this guy is phenomenal. He done a lot of work with Tom Miranda. and still does great work if anybody needs any production. And graphics designs, but anyway, that's where it all done started, and I stayed with Hunter Specialties until 2010, and God woke me up, just like a knock on the door, and said, "Alex, look at your calendar." And that's before smartphones, Redbone, Wayne, <laughs> guess. And I went and looked through my calendar. I would mark a line through every day I was gone, and I had my calendars from plump back in 10 years ago so i went to counting the lines on my calendar and i was gone over half of mallory's life in 2010 mallory was 14 years old and god just told me it's time for you to slow down it's time for you to bring your attention to your family your daughter she needs you so as hard as it was i I was getting opportunities and job offers from all over wanting me to represent and do shows uh, TV shows. Actually, I was negotiating a contract with Wildcom, Greg Ritz, and Neil Sanders to co-host three shows and produce my own show. But uh, we talked 10, 12 days about working the contracts out. And at the same time, they hired Waddell. Hmm. Same time. And Lee and Tiffany, and when they created that uh, awesome entourage of great yeah, hunters. The super team. Super team. Super team. <clears throat> I declined doing it because... God wanted me to keep my focus on my family. So I took a job with a local person in the area to create the brand Bloodline in 2011. So we come up with the name Bloodline, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back right after this. Don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge in studio. We have Mike Crace, and this is Wayne Lack. And uh, Alex was just talking about the uh, bloodline, how it was. You just said Wayne Lack. I did not. Yes, you did. Did you hear it? He, he did. You yeah. did. You've you got me Wayne confused. No, I You've don't. You've got me confused with my own name. Wayne Lack. <laughs> I heard it. Did you hear it? If I did, it's because Alex has he's, he's poisoned my mind with this name. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Alex Ritledge. <laughs> 
Hey, I have texted that before. <laughs> Autocorrect. Oh, Alex Rittledge. Oh, we was talking on the way down, and we're going to get a laugh here, Redbone. You know how Autocorrect takes over? Mm-hmm. He was typing a message to Miss Trudy at Shooter's uh, Supply in Paducah, Kentucky. I'm doing a show there on March 28th. They're having a big turkey event over there. And you was texting something with S-H-E. Well, I was trying to, t- I, I, I shed, shed hunting. We were, t- you know. Right. Well, it came up with something a little different than shed. <laughs> Let's just, also four letters, but uh, I'm like, oh, I better catch that before I hit the send button. Yeah, don't, don't send it. It's always good to read a message before you send it. Right. <laughs> yeah, autocorrect can cause some serious problems, that's for sure. Yeah, and we're supposed to be Christians here and not let things like that pass. <laughs> My autocorrect does what it wants. Right. And if right. I've ever misspelled or said a cuss, cuss word, everybody, I apologize. That's not me. <laughs> well, Alex, you were uh, you were just talking about the uh, bloodline and how it got formed in that. Yeah. So why don't we pick up from there and see. Okay. Complete the story now. All right. Bloodline 2010, I was approached by Jeff Holman. Lives in Oregon County, Alt, Missouri. And, 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 and it's an, actually in August. We went fishing together, and we talked about his ideas of creating a TV show and a sporting goods store in West Plains area. And, and I love Jeff and David Kirby to this day. It was a uh, good experience to learn about business. And I worked with Rusty Warren and Brad. Mm-hmm. Brad Fettig. I talked to Brad Fettig this morning. Yep. He Always. called to give me a road report on the Highway 160 between uh, between Alton and West Plains. Yep. What great people and what great memories. And we started Bloodline. And uh, anyway, uh, we put in a big sporting goods store over here in West Plains. And uh, it was successful. It was. The store was making money. Uh, but we couldn't get the sponsors for the TV show. So uh, David was having some issues with his construction company. And he said, Alex, I think I'm going to have to sell Bloodline. So anyway, we negotiated a deal and we took over Bloodline. And and uh, I let the Morelands come in and be a part of what I'm doing. John Moreland, Archie Moreland, I love them to this day. I don't have any hard feelings. And we kept the business for three years. We was very successful, Redbone. Mm-hmm. We was the number one show on Pursuit Channel many times. Oh, yeah. And we had right at 100,000 followers. And uh, we had an agreement to work together for three years. We worked together for three years. And it come time to, to wrap it up. Uh, we uh, sold the business to Wright Tool Company. Now, I was talked into by Doug Harpart to sell it to Wright Tool Company, and it's the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. And uh, yeah, it was not a pleasant time. Was not a pleasant time. I was being used to uh, position themselves to take over the show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, well, one one good thing did come out of that, though. What's that? You got me. Yeah, Wayne. Wayne moved down here. He seen what was going on. Wayne said, I'm going to move down there, and I'll help you get this thing rolling. So here we are. Then we ended up selling it to uh, Caleb Shanky and Wade Nalen and, uh, from Kansas and Texas. That lasted about six months, and uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. And I resigned. And here we are now with American Roots. Yep. My daughter was sitting on the couch. And after church one Sunday, he says, Dad, you've got to create another show. It's got to mean the same thing as what Bloodline did when you created that. But we can change the name. She went on the Internet, went to searching for names. She looked up Roots, and Roots was trademarked. Then she said, all right, let's try American Roots Outdoors. It was not trademarked, and we protected it. So here we are. 
American Roots Outdoors stands for faith, family, friends, and the outdoors. And uh, we're rocking and rolling. We're growing slowly. We have very little money to work with, and we appreciate everybody that supports us from radio, podcast, and to our TV show. Our TV show now is airing on the Hunt Channel. I'm going to let Wayne talk about that with you all in, in our webisodes. Yeah, if you uh, go to the uh, the Hunt Channel, you can download their app. Uh, you can then uh, watch it. We have uh, some of our past hunts from this year on there. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch more coming out. Uh, we just released one. Uh, our next episode will come out on February 2nd. Uh, we try to release at least one a month uh, on Sundays. That's when they come out. And then uh, the, with the podcast, that is, uh, we've got 14 episodes. We just started that this year. So uh, American Roots is actually expanding into stuff that uh, was never done with uh, Bloodline or when you were with uh, Hunter Specialty at the time. So we've really expanded that. And, uh, you know, the podcast is, the nice thing about that is you can listen to the radio show. If you mm-hmm. don't catch it on Saturday morning because you're out hunting or something like that, you've got a chance to catch up on this during the week. Yeah, you can listen to the podcast if you download apps alexa if you got alexa apple itunes tune in radio stitcher spotify spotify iheart mm-hmm. and Buzzsprout. it's on bug buzz buzz sprout yeah buzz sprout buzz sprout also i want to say you can catch it on the stations alexa, stop. <laughs> was alexa, every really. time you do that alexa turns on yeah so anyway uh you can listen to us on kwoc Mm-hmm. AMFM, KKOZ, AMFM, KAPE, AMFM, Cape Trotta, K Country 95, KSMO, and KSMO, Salem. Salem. They're right. AMFM too, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. yep. So listen to those through the week. Then if you don't, you do miss it, again, repeating. You can go to the podcast and listen to the same stuff. Right, and it's great because if you're traveling, say you got a you know six hour drive, you can just hit our podcast, and if you missed the you know some of the last few episodes, it'll just play right into the next episode when one ends, and you can catch up on all this stuff. I want to commend you and Mike for what what we're doing here because the podcast we're, we're going to make an announcement here. Uh, some of you don't know this. There's over a thousand outdoor podcast talk shows out there. Correct. How many are they total? You know, I, I don't know what the total no. is. You're our director. You, do you know? No. It is over a thousand. I do know that much. Okay. And currently, we're listen ranked, to this. Yeah, currently, we are ranked 101 on uh, Apple Podcasts for the uh, outdoor industry. So we are very good. we're making for the short time we've been around, we're making a strong hold on the industry right now, and and a lot of it has to do with. People love what they're hearing. They're hearing these backstories about the guests that they would never hear, they don't know about. You know, when you get uh, uh, Dr. Grant Woods on or Stan Potts, uh, Michael Waddell, and you get to hear what brought them into the industry, not their hunts. They can see that anywhere, read about that anywhere. But what got them where they're at? How they, you know, what roots did they come from that made them so passionate for the uh, the industry that they're in today? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to say this backing up here. Right Tool Company makes the best tools I've ever seen, and I love the company. Uh, the owners of the company are great people. And uh, I just want to say that because I hold no hard feelings towards anybody. And uh, here we are now. We've got American Roots. God's blessed us, and we're growing. And uh, we're going to go to a break, everybody. We're going to talk more about where I came from and where I'm at today. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutley.
well, back to American Roots Outdoors. About messed up, didn't I, Redbone? You did. After yelling at us, then you messed up. <laughs> it's that's one of the things that happens off air, folks. You didn't do that right. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be the director. He's the brand manager, and I got to keep these guys straight. It ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> You better come up with a new tactic. <laughs> They're all giving thumbs up here, everybody, as I love it. Hey, I got to tell you a quick story. I got to tell you a quick story because I was in I was in Mountain View at the Liberty Tournament early this week, and I went down to the hospitality room, and there was a young lady sitting at a table, uh, eating. We were having tacos in the hospitality room, and she, you know, you ever see people and you look at them and they just got, you know, there's something bothering them. They're just, I could just tell by looking at her. Yeah. And I, and I was like, young lady, are you okay? And she goes, oh, I'm just so frustrated. She's, I'm, I'm trying to figure something out, and I cannot for the life of me figure it out. I'm thinking, okay, she's doing homework or something. So I, well, let me see if I can help you. I got a little bit before I got to get back up to the game. And she says, oh, it's, it's nothing like that. She said, but she said, what, what is bothering me right now is I'm trying to figure out how come I only have two sisters and my brother has three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me! Yeah, I just, yeah don't be mouth, don't be mouthing my hometown. That ain't funny. Quit laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. You I'm, all think he mouthed? I think he did. He make, uh, as a joke. But anyway, anyway, back to being serious. Here we are. We got American Roots Outdoors. We're selling T-shirts, turkey calls, deer calls, caps. We're getting ready to go into a uh, retail store. They own several stores. Also, Monty's Outdoors carries our stuff. Um, Shooter Supply in Paducah, Kentucky carries our stuff. And this farm store, we'll, we'll release that once we get it all done. We're, we're finishing the touches up right now. So uh, we're gaining some traction. We're growing with American Roots. And, you know, uh, I'm truly blessed. You know, I want to talk about some of the hard times that some of you can relate to out there that's watching this. You know, there's times I wonder where am I going to get money to pay for this or pay for that, but God's always made a way. You know, I've had to borrow money. I've had to sell things because people owe me money uh, to make a living. But you know what? I'm a fighter. I'm not a quitter. And I've endured this thing, and I've had good people stand behind me like our team members out there, Thomas Moore, Jeff Harrell. John Rick, Manning. John Manning, Rick Chambers. Herschel Carnell, Carnell yeah. uh, Wayne Locke, Mike Crace, Mike Crace. He's been there with me before longer than anybody you have, Redbone. I know. I'm beginning to wonder about that. Yeah. No, I'm not. There's times I've, I've been slow paying you, but I've always paid you. Oh yeah, and we don't worry about that a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is what it is, and it's real life. And and just because you see people on radio and TV, it's not always what you think it is. Uh, we have bills too. And it costs money to produce. And I want to thank uh, Jonathan Zimmerman for editing the shows. Also, we got an apprentice now learning how to edit Nathan Laramore. And we forget anybody on the team. But we got a great team out there. Yeah, you forgot Brother Owensby. Yeah, Coach. Oh. oh, man. He's one of the most important. And uh, you people out here that's watching right now supporting American Roots. Uh, what you can do to help us is share, share, share our stuff and invite your friends to like our stuff, our Facebook page. and Because that's what the sponsors look at. They're going to say, how many friends you got? What are your reach numbers? 
What was your interaction numbers? That's what they all go by, don't they, Redbone? Yes, they do. And, it's, and got the, it. it's all about the numbers. It's all about numbers. So the more numbers we get, you guys helping us, it helps us. And our numbers, our numbers are exploding the last few weeks here. Yeah. I mean, we went up on the, um, well, just, um, again, I'm going to refer back on the podcast here. We went up uh, 1,700% of listeners in a 14-day period. It's it's catching on. It's catching on quick. Again, comes back to good content. People like to hear the stories and uh, Mike Crace's jokes. I mean, I think that you know people love the jokes, Mike. They well, love some of them, not all of yeah. them. Trust me. But anyway, look, look, I'm going to talk about a hunt. One of my first hunts I remember doing with you, uh, Wayne. Do you remember? Oh, I remember quite a few of them, but which one are we referring to? What's the to? first one we ever done together that you filmed me? Oh, that would have been a turkey hunt. Okay. I'm trying to think what state we were in. Let's see how good your memory is. Oh, we know my memory is not that good. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> trying, I, cannot, I cannot think of what state we were in. Think about it. Ohio. Yeah, because we were at the, the farm. But I don't remember much beyond that. Well, I know you're going to say something that's going to click my memory here, though. Well, right? I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you think about it, but we're going to move on to another hunt that I know you'll remember very well, Tennessee. Yes. The wood, the hunting in the woods. All right. Let's talk about that. Well, the, I tell we're you. We're hunting with Larry Porter, Ken Ten Hunting. Okay, yep. And we're hunting with Chris Pentecost. And there's one with Chris that I remember And the foliage was not thick at all. Mm-mm. It was kind of the, the the spring was running late, and we're, we went with Chris to get on some turkeys. Yep. And we struck his turkey way in there with a tube call, the ARO tube call. Right. Then we went into him. Then he shut up. We couldn't find him anywhere. So we'd set up, and we would blind call trying to strike one. Right. We sat in the same spot in this corner of a field, blind calling with the Evelyn Slate call. And all of a sudden, we heard one gobble off to the left of us. So we moved into the edge of the woods where we could see over the bank. And what do you remember from there? Well, I know the the one thing I remember from there is I was already set down. So you would you were a little bit ahead of me, and you kept saying, okay, he, he's coming right here. You see him? You get, you're on him? You're on him? Now, everybody's got to remember, this is my first time really filming you, my first time being with the show in that. So this, you know, I'm nervous to begin with. And I'm thinking, okay, what is he talking about? I do not see a bird. I, I mean, he's like, it's right there. You know, I can hear, because you got your mic on. I can hear you. I got my headset on. He's like, it's right there. You, you got him. You got him. I'm thinking, I don't have him because I don't see a thing you're talking about. Well, what it ended up being is you were just by being up that six to eight feet ahead of me, you were able to see just over that that ridge there or that that lip that I couldn't see with the camera. So I'm 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 blind right now. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And the bird, you know, wanders off and leaves. And you turn around, you're like, oh, can you not see? I'm like, Alex, trust me, I can't see. He's like, oh, you must be blind. You know, get your glasses. And and then I then you you sat down where where I was, and and you you look through the camera, you're like. Oh, yeah, you're right. You can't see that, can you? <laughs> so we made an adjustment. You said, hey, not, that was a teaching experience for me. You're like, okay, let's make an adjustment. So we, we brought out a, a stool, you know, for me to sit on. So it gave me that extra foot and a half up. 
because the, the, the timber that we were hunting was very rolly, but the rolls were only like three or four feet. So it wasn't like it was a big difference, but it was enough that if you were on the ground with the camera, you totally lost the bird. You know, and then the, when that bird did come back in, when we repositioned, all I could see was the very top of his head pop up every now and then. I was able to get that on camera, but still, you know, it, that was a tough hunt for my first one. I was like going nuts. But then, do you remember the next day, we were out with Chris and we are all set up again i'm nervous as heck you know because we didn't get the first one i thought i just didn't he's, think, he's thinking oh he's gonna fire me oh yes exactly so this will be the but, last but hunt let me i ever this. go on let me say this when you're filming with each other uh we we pre-talk a, a plan before we yes. do it and we talked about being able to set up higher than the shooter every time we did talk about right it, but it was in a rush and you couldn't, so you had to set that. Yeah, that bird was on top of us so yeah. quick. I just didn't have you know. So, had to so sit. there's a tip for you guys that's watching, listening. You always want to have your cameraman set a little bit above you, and behind you where you can communicate with him or her, and that way always point out something that's twelve o'clock as an indicator. Right. There's a rock out there at forty yards. That's twelve o'clock, Wayne. That's what we do. That way, if I say a turkey's coming at eleven o'clock. You know where 12 o'clock, and you look at 11 o'clock, then you catch him quicker. Right, and get on him and then move the camera, and then that's how our communication's done because with those mics, you can just whisper and hear. But now with the one with Chris, just the next day, so I'm all set up. I'm all, you know, ready to get get on this. We got a Tom coming in, coming in hot. And then I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. I'm going to get my first kill on film. I am right over Alex's shoulder. And I'm zoomed right down his gun, and he's up. He's ready for that bird to pop. And all of a sudden, I hear, Siri. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! I, so I'm scrambling around trying to turn my phone off because I'm like, that oh. happened many times. I said, oh, my gosh. It's, you know, my phone is going to scare the bird away. Then he's going to turn around. And the, the time may not be the only thing hunted that day in the woods. And uh, I'm scrambling to turn my phone off. And all I keep hearing is Siri asking, you know, you know, I'm sorry. Can you, you know, I cannot hear you speak up. Whatever it was saying. I'm and the going, turkey is going. And, and, and the turkey's gobbling. It's coming in. Siri. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, come to find out, it wasn't my phone now, was it, Alex? <laughs> it was mine. Alex had his phone in his front, and when he leaned... No, it was in my back pocket. Oh, yes, in back pocket. And when you leaned on it, it clicked on Siri, but with my headset on... I didn't realize it wasn't my phone going on, and I'm freaking out behind the camera thinking I'm the one that's going to ruin the hunt and come to find out it ended up being Alex's phone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you go into the woods, phones are best left in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> or at least well, put on I, mute. <laughs> can you imagine what was going through our mind when it says, Alex, what can I help you with? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, are we trespassing? We're not yeah. You can help me kill this I'm turkey. Joking. Help me kill this turkey, Siri. <laughs> But anyway, funny stuff like that's happened. And uh, I remember wading through the creeks and stuff, but uh, we've got some great memories. We're going to share more of these stories in later on podcast, but I thought we've had a very good show today. But we're yeah. going to do a bonus segment. That's right. On another hunt we're going to share. With, it's really, really funny. And uh, everybody, I want to thank everybody for listening today. And uh, what a cool show. Yeah. What a good message. What a good word. And you got to learn a lot about my life as an outdoorsman with the outdoor tv world and where we're at today everybody I want to thank you for listening and be sure to tune in for the extra bonus segment wayne's going to tell you about it yes just uh get on your uh your phone your ipad your computer uh subscribe to us on uh, spotify stitcher alexa itunes apple ipod um buzzsprout, buzzsprout and uh 
subscribe to us. And also, before we go, we have a contest going on right now. But to get in the contest, you have to subscribe and leave a review. Anybody that leaves a review on our podcast is going to automatically be entered for a drawing that we're doing next month for a prize package. Not going to tell you yet what the prize package is, but we're going to keep that a secret for another week or two. But it's going to be gonna really, like it. You're going to like the prize it. Package. It'll be released uh, the week of the NWTF. That's when we're going to draw our winner. Yep. There you go. Remember this, everybody, when your roots are deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. Thanks for listening. Remember, share the outdoors with your children, with your neighbor's kids. It's all about the future of our sport. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. We've got Mike Crace in the studio. This is Wayne Locke, and this is the bonus segment that you can only get if you're a podcast subscriber. Uh, Alex, let's touch more on some funny stories that we got going on and uh, that we spent some time together in the years past here. Yeah, we uh, one of the uh, hunts that really stand out in my mind, we was hunting with uh, a friend of ours, Brad Ganaway, and he's a pro outfitters uh, in Missouri and Nebraska area up in the northeast corner up there. And uh, we was hunting Nebraska, and we was hunting with a young boy named Jesse. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Jesse, young man, and he's seen a few turkeys die, but I think he learned some stuff that day. Yeah, I think he was a little intimidated, too, because, uh, you know, taking somebody out with the, the prestige and that, you know, this time it wasn't just, you know, regular folk going out. Not that we're not regular folk, but I think the pressure was a little different on him. He could tell he was a little nervous to begin with, but, boy, he loosened up real quick. Yeah, the, the phase that the turkeys was in, Redbone and listeners, was uh, they peaked out and all hinned up. They was grouped up big time. We was hunting along the Missouri River, and there's sand everywhere in this big bottom. We was hunting this big farm. And I remember we walked for miles, down, went down this mountain, went into this bottom. We walked for miles trying to strike turkeys in this bottom. Mm-hmm. And this bottom was growed up brush and fields, and then they'd be woodlots next to the river. Well, we walked another mile or so back towards the south, and I said, let's walk down this old logging road. And there was a block of timber in there, and it looked like maybe a 40-acre block of timber. And we come up on all these turkey tracks and strut marks and hen tracks in this, in this real beautiful white sand. Oh, it was gorgeous sand, too. It was almost like being on a beach in the Caribbeans. Yeah. And I told Jesse, I said, Jesse, I said, you see all this sign? And he's a young guy. He goes, I sure do. I said, these turkeys are henned up. He goes, you think they are? And I said, yeah, they're henned up. I said, I tell you what, there's a lot of strut marks here. It's a strut zone. It's an open area. We're just going to set up here, and we're going to call. I think it could happen right here. Wayne gets up above me, behind me, on a bank. We set our, our uh, decoys. Decoys, yep. Yeah, and we're using Avon X decoys, mm-hmm. a half-strut Jake and a hen. And uh, it was an evening. Yeah. And... We're just blind calling. I'm using the tube calling. I'm using the Evelyn slate in my diaphragm. Sound like several hens, and all of a sudden, <laughs> one gobbles right on top of the 100 yards away. I said, get ready, they're coming. And that Jesse, I'll never forget him laying off to the right of me in that 
on that bank, looking, his eyes got big as silver dollars. Well, especially when he started hearing more than one goblin. Uh, yeah, and several gobblers started gobbling. So we brought the flock of gobblers and hens all in at once. And the turkey that comes in to mature, the biggest turkey red bone, had a short beard about five, six inches. Mm-hmm. But he's a big, mature turkey. He had over an inch and a quarter hooks. Anyway, the turkey comes in, and they're all in a group, and I've got to wait for an opening. And I'm shooting the triple barrel shotgun. Mm-hmm. The triple barrel made by Kiapa. Now there's different companies making the triple barrel. And I was shooting uh, Hornady turkey loads, three-inch loads, versatile turkey loads, number fives. And uh, we set the decoy usually up about 20 yards away. And we got the, the decoys facing us. That way when the turkey comes in, he will come in and circle around and face the decoy. That's a tip for y'all. When using decoys, always face them towards you to make that strut gobbler come in and turn his direction from you towards the decoys. That way it allows you to move your gun. You can still go to this day and watch the hunt, can't you, Wayne? Oh, yeah, yeah. This gobbler comes in the sand strutting. He leaves the hens, and he goes straight to the decoys. He's all blowed up strutting. When he broke strut and went back into strut, you can see me raise my gun, real, just raise my gun up all one motion. It's real cool. Yeah, I was I was over your shoulder and I had it on wide angle so we could see him, all the turkeys come around the the uh, sandbar curve. Uh, then when they got in, then he like you said he broke off, and then right when he broke off and he went right to that decoy. I went from a wide. I zoomed right past Alex's ear, right, right down, down the gun barrel, right down the gun barrel, right to the bird. And when that bird turned and fluffed back up, that's when Alex rose his, raised his gun up, and. Uh, Boy, it was magical. <laughs> it's it's a very good hunt. The colors are really good, and the white sand just adds something. And the moral of the story that Jesse learned about this hunt uh, is that you don't have to just hear the turkey gobble to kill and call in a gobbler. What you do, you take your woodsmanship, what you've learned from the sign that you find. And we knew that it was very evident that this was a strut zone with all the thousands of turkey tracks right in here. And the roost site wasn't too far away either. And that kid learned something. To this day, he talks about that hunt. Right. And another thing, a big thing that he learned also is that he, all his other hunts he's been on, he was able to call the toms right in. This is the first time those toms hung up. And he learned how. They wasn't goblin. They right. goblin. This is the first. This is the time that he learned to. If you call the hen in, the toms are going to follow. Yeah. So you broke out in all kinds of aggressive cutting. Stuff, Every time stuff. that hen would would start to yelp, you'd cut her off, and just basically yeah. you, you you ticked her off. Yeah. You know, and yeah. she come in, and that brought the toms in. That's something he learned too. Exactly, and that's what we've done, which made the hunt successful. So that's a tip for y'all. You find a lot of turkey sign. The turkeys aren't gobbling. Don't be afraid to set up there and make sure you're hid well, wearing good camo like real tree camo, and uh, have a good turkey gun, uh, good decoys, and they may come in silent. The hens may start calling. You start calling the hens, and if there's gobblers with them, nine times out of ten, the gobbler's going to follow. Have a good setup. Make sure you're hid very well, and quit calling once they commit. Let the decoy do the rest of the work. Right. And you'll close the deal. And if they hung up, just shut up. That's what I always tell my kids and that and any any new hunters and that that I take out. If if they hang up, shut up. Because they're going to start wondering, wait a minute, where, where did that hen go that I was just talking to? But and, if and they, they can see the decoys. What, right. I'm saying if they're, if they're not in decoy, you know, where they can't see the decoys yet, sometimes just shutting up will bring them in out of curiosity. Birds are... the. 
Birds are curiosity birds. I mean, they're yeah. going to come in and wonder why. Another another trick that uh, we did one time is you had me stay where we were, and you said, hey, that Tom's hung up over there. I'm going to move 40 yards behind you. I'm going to call. Like run, I'm leaving. Like you're leaving. Like I'm leaving. Right. And then you ran back in front of me, sat down, and sure enough, within just a couple minutes, here comes that Tom right up over the lip of the, the, uh, the hill there, and the rest was history on that one too. There you go, folks. There's your tip for you. Another great story. We're going to do more of these as we do more podcasts. Let us know how you like the show and if you liked hearing these stories because these are educational stories. These are tactic, tactical stories, Right. and we're sharing knowledge with you all to make you all better turkey hunters. And believe me, I'm still learning. I'm 55 years old, and I've seen 1,000 turkeys die probably in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I'm not bragging, but... I got to hunt a lot of states with a lot of people and get to see a lot of turkeys die. But, uh, Redbone, you want to say something about this segment? We just done the bonus segment. No, I, I learned something, too. And as there's white sand in, in northeast Missouri and, and southeast Nebraska. On the Missouri River. On the Missouri River. Didn't know that. Oh. All, all the sand we ever had you know, along the, the uh, Mississippi River when I was growing up in St. Louis is, uh, is yellow and urine colored. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Uh, actually, I have a great picture of those turkey tracks in that sand. I'll, I'll post that on the uh, podcast. The podcast. Um, that'll be the picture for the podcast. And me with the turkey. You got pictures of the turkey, too, with me. Yeah, I think I do. And iCloud. Yeah. Yep. I'll definitely post a picture of those turkey tracks going through that white sand. All right, everybody. Sure. Thank you so much for watching, listening uh, on our live feed. Uh, Derek Rollins says he grew up watching me on HS, followed you through Bloodline. Look forward to watching America Reach Outdoors from Oklahoma. Thank you so much, Derek. Tell all your friends about us. Hey, David Yellis. Oh, y'all, y'all's owner. Hey, bud, would really like to get back on the show with you sometime. Oh, y'all, y'all. <laughs> Love oh, y'all, y'all. Man, you, you've done a lot for the turkey industry, too. M. Day Dale. Got to listen to a little of it. Thank you. Anyway, we're going to wrap her up. I'm going to let you wrap her up, Wayne. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, tuning in and listening to us today. we got some uh, great podcasts coming up. Uh, we're also going to be doing a podcast feed from the NWTF convention over there in Nashville. So that ought to be real interesting. We're going to go around, meet some people, talk to them, do some uh, you know, short interviews, put together a great show. And uh, we're going to get Mike Crace on there also. From uh, He'll be still over here in uh, Thayer, Missouri, while we're in Nashville. We'll get you on. But, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for joining in. I'm also going to be in Pennsylvania on March the 6th doing a uh, wild game dinner, March the 6th. And March 28th, I'll be in Kentucky, Paducah, Kentucky Shooter Supply. And also, we're negotiating one for March 21st in Iowa right now. So, we've got other engagements they're trying to book me at. With my dates will work around my work schedule. We're going to do them. And we'll get those dates posted on our Facebook page. So, if you're in the area and you can attend, come on down and visit. Yeah, if any of y'all want me for any speaking engagements, you can contact my wife, uh, Redbone or Wayne, for wild game dinners, schools, colleges, etc., men's retreats, whatever. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting American Roots. Remember, when the roots are deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. Redbone, exactly.